Good morning, everybody. We're ready to start Sunday school here at Evergreen Baptist Church, and we hope that you uh, had a good week and you are tuned in, ready to go. We're going to go ahead and continue our study in uh, the book of 2 Samuel, and we are studying the life of David. And uh, so if you could, please, let's turn to chapter number 12, and let's pray and get right into it this morning, and then uh, we'll have a, a break, and then the main service starts at 11. <clears throat> let's pray and ask the Lord's blessings upon this uh, study. Our Father, thank you for this day. We love you and we praise you today and we, uh, we uh, extol you. Lord, we pray and thank you for this great day you've given us. This is the day that the Lord hath made and we will rejoice and be glad in it and we're thankful for our salvation and we're thankful for the Bible and we don't ever want to let it grow cold and useless. Lord, we pray that it would be tremendously uh, effective in our lives and help these lessons to be learned well and help us to be good, solid Christian brothers and sisters. And we pray that this would be a blessing to us today as we go through your word, and we thank you for it. We pray your blessings now, in Jesus' name, and for his sake, amen. And amen. All right, let's go to 2 Samuel chapter 12. Good to see everybody this morning. We have a great, incredible announcement to make for you uh, in, in, at the 11 o'clock hour. I'm so excited. And uh, we, uh, we, we've got lots to say. So we're going to study. And then after that, we're going to have some, we're going to have a great day today. I hope you'll be with us uh, all over in the, the land of uh, iPads and cell phones and uh, Facebooks and all that stuff. Just the media. Praise God for the tools that God has given us <clears throat> to get the gospel out. All right, let's go ahead now. First of all, we have in chapter number 12 where David has been now um, exposed. The prophet came to him, Nathan, and uh, he, he, didn't, um, he didn't try to hide it. He just said, I've sinned. It's me. I, I agree I sinned. And you know, that's what every Christian ought to have is that quick response to the Lord uh, so that there's no uh, problem where God has to cr uh, uh, crush us and grind us to powder before we finally admit uh, our failures and faults. Now, uh, David had a heart after God, so when the prophet came and told him what he had done wrong, it was almost a, a very wonderful relief for him. And then he could re re rebound, and he could heal, and he could uh, go on with his life and, and be the king that God wanted him to be. And that's, that's really what all sin does. All, all kinds of sin is supposed to be... Uh, quickly and, and accurately exposed by, by the Lord's Holy Spirit. So that's what, that's what the Christian life is all about, keeping a, a close connection with God, a very short account. All of us are sinners, but keep that account very short with God. See, uh, it's not so much the sin, it's the unconfessed sin. David just was open and honest and ready to repent. And praise God, he did. It did cost him quite a bit, though. And we said last week how much that cost him. But look now in uh, chapter 12, verse number uh, 13 through 15, it says, And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin. Thou shalt not die. 
Isn't that quick? How, how, how wonderful it is the Lord comes to someone very quickly when their heart's right with God. That's something for us to understand. Now, let's go on to verse 14 and 15. How be it? Because by this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme, the child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. And Nathan departed unto his house, and the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bare unto David, and it was very sick. And the story goes that David began to fast and pray, and he laid on the floor all night long. Uh, unfortunately, the baby did die, according to the word of the Lord. But then you see right away after that, uh, the mercy of God was, 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 was shed upon the whole situation, and God knew David's heart. And, and I might add, God knew uh, that Bathsheba also repented, and she also was very, very uh, stricken with grief, and she mourned. She had two deaths in her family. She had the death of the child, but she also had the death of Uriah. And so the, God, the Lord's judgment was definitely severe for her too. But look down in verse number 23, after the child had died, what happened was that David got up and he kept going. Look at verse 23. But now he is dead, so it was a little baby boy. Wherefore should I fast? Can I bring him back again? The answer is no. But look at this statement proving that all, all infants that die go to heaven. I shall go to him. Now where was David going to go? To heaven. But he, the baby, shall not return to me. So the baby wasn't going to return to David. But David was going to go where the baby was. That's heaven. Babies go to heaven. Doesn't matter what anybody teaches you. The Bible says right there that babies go to heaven. If that infant went to heaven, all babies go to heaven. And we believe here at Evergreen Baptist Church that a, a soul is uh, born uh, not, not, not after the womb, but the soul is, is conceived inside the womb and the soul uh, of, of the infant is developed at conception. That's why we believe that abortion is wrong. It's a sin. It's actually technically murder. And uh, so that's why we believe all aborted babies somehow, some way, are going to be in heaven because the soul of this baby died and it went to heaven. And so it is uh, very controversial in America, isn't it? Boy, we've got a lot of fighting going on and all these governors and all these uh, uh, congressmen and senators and some of the former presidents. Oh, let's go ahead and just okay abortions. Listen, folks, listen, I'm telling you, as a pastor and as a Bible scholar and as a man of God and as a Christian and as a citizen, abortion is wrong. It's a sin and God's going to judge that. Don't, don't make any mistake about it. I don't care if it's rape or incest or anything else. A baby is a baby, is a soul, is a soul, and it, it starts in the womb, and we know that because the Bible says that. That's one of the areas where we can prove it. So now we go on, and, and then uh, the mercy of God is shown 
by the fact that uh, David took uh, Bathsheba as his wife. Back then it was okay to have several. So he, he took her as his wife and God blessed them with a son called Solomon. And Solomon became the king of Israel. Isn't that amazing, the grace of God, how that in the middle of their heartbreak and, and as the recovery and as the repentance uh, began to show itself, God gave them a baby boy. This one didn't die. This baby boy, Solomon, became the king of Israel. Now, uh, one thing we see here as, as we go, uh, continue on is that trouble starts right away in uh, Joab, the general that was under the leadership of King David. <clears throat> Joab began to uh, separate himself from David. Uh, his spirit and his heart uh, began to separate and there began to be a lot of trouble with Joab. He was filled with pride. Remember, Joab murdered, uh, I think, uh, I, I can't now remember now, uh, Azahel or uh, Ab, I can't remember. Please forgive me, but the, the, uh, the man that David murdered was unjust. It was unjust. And so David and Joab began to drift apart. Joab was going a different direction because of all the pride and all the anger. And I might add that later on, David did give Joab a reason to disrespect him. And I think it's really important that leadership always remain respectable. And always, in fact, the pastor is supposed to be blameless. He's supposed to be upright and honest and have a good report. He's supposed to have his family in, in subjection and his children are supposed to be ruled well. Uh, you, you see, leadership has a big responsibility. And so David, unfortunately, with this sin and uh, a couple of other things that he did was wrong, he lost the respect of Joab. Now, Joab should have never uh, gotten all filled with pride. Joab should have realized that the office of king was to be respected even though the king was imperfect. And that, that's how society works. Uh, every, every officer, every uh, government official, they're just men and women. They're not, they're not God. They all have faults and failures. But we're supposed to respect the office and the, the man or the woman is supposed to rise up to the, to, to, to the place where they fit the office and it's just that way with police officers or anybody. Because there's a badge doesn't mean that the person has lived up to the responsibility of that badge. That's why even we have to realize everybody's a sinner. But when you find somebody that can live up to the responsibility of the office, you better keep that person. And David, of course, gave Joab a couple of reasons why uh, there was a split and they divided and it, it didn't go well for Joab in the end. All right, so what we have here is uh, verse 26 and 20, uh, through 28. We have this uh, pride begin to start with Joab uh, as a general. He got a little bossy with uh, the king, and we ought, we ought to be careful with that. Look at verse 26. And Joab fought against Rabbah, of the children of Ammon and took the royal city. So this wasn't just a regular city. It was a royal city, a very big victory for Joab. 
But look what Joab said now. I want you to see the, the, the little divide starting here. Joab sent messengers to David and said, I have fought against Rabbah and have taken the city of waters. Now, therefore, watch what he does. He, he pretty much just bosses around uh, King David. He says, <clears throat> gather, the, gather the rest of the people together and encamp against the city and take it, lest I take the city and it be called after my name. Boy, that's pretty brassy. He just, he tells David, uh, take all the men and, and take the city or, or it'll be called by my name. Boy, that's pride dripping from his mouth. Joab thought that if he took the city, he would be raised up. You know, that's pride. Joab, doesn't, he didn't have to think that way. He could have said, in the name of the king of Israel, in the name of Israel. Uh, like, remember what David said? David said to Goliath, you come to me with, with a sword and shield. I come to you in the name of the Lord God Almighty, uh, the Lord of Israel, the God of Israel. You know, Joab didn't have to have all that pride, but it, it really was his downfall. So David, look at verse 28, or excuse me, 29. David gathered all the people together and went to Rabbah and fought against it and took it. And he took uh, their king's crown from off his head and the weight thereof was a talent of gold and precious stones and it was set on David's head and he brought forth the spoil of the city <coughs> excuse me <coughs> in great abundance so this was a royal city of the Ammonites and <laughs> can you get the picture of David taking the crown off the king's head putting it on his own head and then taking all the spoil so this was a tremendous uh, <clears throat> uh, a tremendous cash of, uh, of great valuable spoil. And he brought forth the people that were therein and put them under saws and under uh, harrows of iron, under axes of iron, and made them pass through the brick hill. And thus did he unto all the cities of the children of Ammon. So David and all the people returned unto Jerusalem. So you see, God still gave him the power of, of, of great uh, victories. And David was back on top of the world. His, uh, his, his duty was to be the king. And he was doing a great job. Uh, remember, you know, there's internal battles and external battles. Uh, you'll have internal battles as a Christian. And then you'll have the outward battles. Paul said, oh, uh, fight Fights from out and fears from within. And then the care of all the churches. And You know, every Christian has battles inside, but they also have battles outside. David had battles inside because of all the, the failures that he had with Bathsheba. But then he had battles outside with the Philistines and Ammonites and the Edomites and all the terrible Egyptians. And <clears throat> the Bible tells us real clearly that he had a lot of fighting to do. Would you go with me and hold your place here in 2 Samuel? Let's turn to uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 20 and you get another picture of just what, uh, what, what King David was fighting. Um, so we're going to go to uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 20. Let's all turn there. And then let's see 
as, as uh, kind of chronological, there was war with the Philistines all the time, and they were fighting and fighting and fighting. Uh, and it says here in chapter 20, First uh, Chronicles, <clears throat> and it came to pass after the year was expired that the time that kings go out to battle, Joab led forth the power of the army and wasted the country of the children of Ammon and came and besieged Rabbah. But David tarried at Jerusalem and Joab smote Rabbah and destroyed it. And David took the crown of their king off his head and found it to weigh <clears throat> a talent of gold and there were precious stones in it. And it was set upon David's head <clears throat> and he brought also exceeding much spoil out of the city. And he brought out the people that were in it and uh, cut them with saws and with arrows of iron and with axes. Even so dealt David with all the cities of the children of Ammon. And David and all the people returned to Jerusalem. And it came to pass after this that there arose war at Gezer with the Philistines. <clears throat> at, <clears throat> at which time Sibichai, the Hushathite, slew Sapai, that was of the children of the giant, and they were subdued. And there was war again with the Philistines, and Elhanan, the son of Jair, slew Lamai, the brother of Goliath, the Gittite, whose spear uh, staff was like a weaver's beam. And yet again there was war in Gath, where was a man of great stature, whose fingers and toes were four and twenty, six on each hand, <clears throat> and six on each foot. And he also was the son of the giant. But when he defied Israel, Jonathan, the son of Shimei, David's brother, slew him. These were born unto the giant in Gath, <clears throat> and they fell by the hand of David and by the hand of his servants. So you see, there's always all this fighting going on. Let's go back to 2 Samuel. Did you realize that until the day the Prince of Peace comes, Jesus Christ, they, there will be no extended peace in Israel. The, the nations are always going to have hatred for the uh, nation of Israel. The United Nations are always going to be voting against them. And uh, very few countries are going to stand with Israel throughout all this modern history, even this very day. You notice that we, as America, we need to stand with Israel. That's the key to the blessings of all of our nation. We've got to continue to stand for Israel. But in David's day, there was just no end to the wars over and over and over and over again. I believe with all my heart, Satan's trying to destroy the nation of Israel, but he will never be able to do it. <clears throat> now, with this trouble that was brewing, David makes the servants uh, out of all the Ammonites, as we know. And then uh, now we have some trouble with David's family. So he's got trouble without, trouble within. Let's go over to um, 2 Samuel chapter 13, and we're going to see some tragic things. This is very tragic. Uh, in David's family, with one of his wives, uh, you know, they would have children. And so they had a lot of... Uh, of people that were not uh, completely related to one another. So that's where you see Tamar, uh, David's daughter.
But you also see Amnon, which was David's son. Uh, they had different mothers. Let's go to verse number one and see just what happened. It's very sad, but this was a result of David's sin. And it came to pass after this that Absalom, the son of David, had a fair sister. She's very, very pretty, whose name was Tamar. And Amnon, the son of David, loved her. Now, hold on a minute. That was really, really wrong right there. They had uh, a too close of a, a kind of incestual love there. And uh, Amnon should have never had feelings for Tamar. But he was a pervert and he was a wicked man. And so Amnon was vexed. Oh, my, that's ter terrible. Right in the family of David. And, the, and Amnon was so vexed that he fell sick for his sister Tamar. For she was a virgin, and Amnon thought it hard for him to do anything to her. Now, Amnon, the son of David, had a friend, actually a cousin, uh, and his name was Jonadab. Now, Jonadab was a wicked man as well. He told Amnon, well, if you really want your sister, well, there's a way to get it. And I, I won't go into details. pretty sordid there. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty graphic. But to make a long story short, Amnon sexually assaulted his sister Tamar, who was innocent as can be. Now, I want you to see here that after this, uh, what happened was that Amnon completely lost the love that he had for his sister. Of course, it was inordinate affection. It was sinful affection. It was evil. It was wicked. And yet, uh, after he sexually assaulted his sister, he immediately hated her more than he ever loved her. And that's, that's what sin does to people. It, it makes them feel like, boy, uh, uh, you know, I, I think sin is fun. Well, sin is not fun. In the end, it's gravel in your mouth, and uh, it, it's like chewing on gravel. There's nothing good about what happened here at all. And poor Tamar, she was just absolutely devastated. Look at verse 19, um, or verse 18. It said, uh, <clears throat> she had a garment of diverse colors upon her, for with such robes were the king's daughters that were virgins appareled, then his servant brought her out and bolted the door after her. And Tamar put ashes on her head and rent her garment of diverse colors that was on her and laid her hand on her head and went on crying. That's, that's, that's what sexual assault does to people. And it works both ways too. Uh, that's why some of the, uh, uh, some boys, they get sexually assaulted and they become homosexuals after that. And uh, boy, there's a, there's a terrible scourge on our country with, with all this assault going on. And that's why in the Bible, if somebody were to rape somebody, that was the death penalty. And so I think that's pretty smart, don't you? That God would have such severe penalties for people ruining their lives. I mean, we, we've been instrumental in getting that uh, taken care of in our county. We, we just, listen, the Bible's true. The Bible morality is true. And our country's going crazy. And we've got to get back to this Bible and put these kind of monsters in jail and leave them there until they get moss on their back and rot after doing that.
terrible, terrible kind of injustice and crime to uh, uh, kids and, and young people. All right. Uh, I won't get too angry, but um, I want to get, get that taken care of. Anyway, look at verse number 21. But when King David heard of all these things, he was very wroth. And Absalom spake unto his brother Amnon, neither good nor bad, for Absalom hated Amnon because he had forced his sister Tamar. So Absalom's going to commit murder here. He's going to take uh, the law into his hands and he's going to kill Amnon. And it came to pass after two full years that Absalom had sheep shears in Baalazor which is beside Ephraim, and Absalom invited all the king's sons. And Absalom came to the king and said, Behold now, thy servant hath sheep shears. Let the king, I beseech thee, and his servants go with thy servant. And the king said unto Absalom, Nay, my son, let us not all now go, lest we be chargeable unto thee. And he pressed him, howbeit he would not go, but blessed him. Then said Absalom, if not, I pray thee, let my brother Amnon go with us. And the king said unto him, Why should he go with thee? But Absalom pressed him, and he let Amnon and all the king's sons go with him. Now Absalom had commanded his servants, saying, Mark ye now, when Amnon's heart is merry with wine, and when I say unto you, Smite Amnon, then kill him, Fear not, have, I, have not I commanded you? Be courageous and be valiant. And the servants of Absalom did unto Amnon as Absalom had commanded. Then all the king's sons arose and every man got him upon his mule and fled. Uh, you know why they fled? Because they were guilty of murder. Now you have Tamar sexually assaulted. You have a baby that died. Now you have Amnon, a son, who is a pervert and a rapist. And then you have another son, Absalom, who decides that he's going to take matters into his own hands and he's going to rise up, try to be a king, and try to insurrect against his dad, David. But before he does that, he's going to kill his brother Amnon. Uh, this all started with David and Bathsheba. And it, it, it was the result of terrible sin. So this is, this is something we should look to and see deep down in our own hearts. Uh, if we walk with God, we'll always, always be better. And David, of course, uh, in, he, he was experiencing some repercussions uh, way back there when he committed proxy murder, and adultery with Bathsheba. So there's no sin that goes unpunished. None. All right, let's continue on now. Um, we have now in verse 33, Now therefore let not my lord the king take the thing to his heart <clears throat> to think that all the king's sons are dead, for Amnon only is dead. But Absalom fled. He ran. Now, the story goes where Absalom was gone for about three years and he didn't come back to see David didn't want to see him David didn't uh, want to see his face he was very upset 
uh, and people want to judge David and they want to say, oh, you should have forgave him and all. You know, I, I don't know how in the world David would put that up and say, oh, yeah, let's just act like nothing happened. No, his son Absalom <coughs> murdered uh, m- murdered his brother Amnon, and now he he runs for three years, and so there was a lot. There's a big problem in his family, and uh, very 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 uh, very sinful. Look at verse 37. But Abs- Absalom fled and went to Talmai, the son of Amahud, king of Jeshur. And David mourned for his son every day. So <clears throat> he was very, very uh, hurt uh, that, that Amnon was murdered. And he also mourned for Absalom too later on when he died. So Absalom fled and went to Jeshur and was there three years. And the soul of King David longed to go forth unto Absalom, for he was comforted concerning Amnon, seeing he was dead. See, after the fog cleared and all the smoke cleared and all the mourning and the anger and all those human feelings of emotion died out, David began to think more of Absalom now and he wanted to see Absalom. Now, Absalom and Joab began to have affinity and they had insurrection together. Remember, Absalom was a murderer so was Joab. Joab killed somebody unjustly, and so did Absalom. And they got together, and they uh, became friends, and they, they had insurrection against David. This is terrible. And it, it, almost, uh, it, it almost is played out in just about every uh, society uh, that we have in America where uh, people that are really evil, somehow they find each other. Uh, people that are trying to do evil to a church, they find each other. Uh, enemies of God find each other. In fact, uh, Pilate and um, <clears throat> Herod, they got along together. Uh, they used to be enemies, but then when they hated Jesus together, the Bible says they got together and they became friends over the hatred that they had for Jesus. Here's, here's Absalom. He was a rebel. And Joab was a rebel filled with pride. And, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing how, how they find each other. So don't be surprised, you know, when people find each other and they, uh, uh, they consort together and they, uh, they get together against uh, the righteous. The Bible says that's always going to happen. Uh, so that could happen down where you work. That could happen in church. That could happen in government. And boy, oh boy, we've seen a little bit of that, haven't we, in our own government where evil people find each other and they conspire against the righteous. So what we have here is Amnon, he attacks his own sister. Then Absalom attacks Amnon. And then uh, Joab and uh, Absalom find each other. Look at uh, First Chronicles. Would you turn there? Or excuse me. Let's go to uh, 2 Samuel chapter 14, verse 31. 2 Samuel 14, 31. Then Joab arose and came to Absalom unto his house and said unto him, Wherefore have thy servants set my field on fire? And Absalom answered Joab, Behold, I sent unto thee, saying, Come hither, that I may send thee to the king. He didn't say my dad. He said the king. 
to say, Wherefore am I come to Jeshur? Had it been good for me to have been there still? Now therefore let me see the king's face, and if there be any iniquity in me, let him kill me. That's not a crazy thing to say. I'm gonna, I, want, I want to see my dad, and if he thinks I'm uh, wicked or have got sin, then let my dad kill me. And uh, I sent to you, Joab, but you didn't answer. So in order to get your attention, I set your field on fire. And so Joab said, what in the world? What are you doing? Why would you set my field on fire? Oh, well, you, I, I sent for you and you didn't answer. I want you to go to my dad and ask him if I can see his face. And just tell my dad, the king, if there's anything wrong with me, if there be any iniquity in me, let him kill me. Oh, my goodness. Absalom was mentally deranged by this time, filled with pride. So Joab came to the king uh, and told him, and when he had called for Absalom, he came to the king and bowed himself on his face to the ground before the king, his dad, David, and the king kissed Absalom. Now, that was all fake and phony and nonsense. Absalom had insurrection in his heart. He had conspired with Joab. They were planning, and, and Absalom wanted to be king so bad, he started to steal the hearts of Israel. This is all in relation to David's sin with Bathsheba. Absalom. By the way, did you know that long hair on men in the Bible is considered an, uh, a, re- a rebellious uh, issue? You say, oh, we're not, you're not going to get into that, are you, Brother Shaver? You're not, you're not one of those old-fashioned short hair on men type guy, are you? Yeah. <laughs> See? <laughs> but anyway, doth not nature itself teach you that if a man have a long hair, it is a shame unto him? Oh, so many people forgot that verse. All right, look, look, look at chapter 14 for a minute, and I hope you're having fun with me. Go get a haircut. All right, uh, verse, verse 26. <laughs> Oh, nobody can have fun like a preacher. All right. Verse 26 says, <coughs> excuse me, verse 25. Watch Absalom. This is this rebellious kid. But in all Israel, there was none to be so much praised as Absalom for his beauty. Oh, that's just creepy. He was so beautiful. Well, he's just a handsome kid. That's all he was. From the sole of his foot, even to the crown of his head, there was no blemish in him. He was one handsome guy. But he had a problem. It was like these actors, you know, they get all handsome and everybody goes, ooh, ah, oh, oh. Yeah, but they're just nothing but perverts, many of them. Anyway, uh, you know, I, uh, have you ever, you ever seen a pretty girl with an ugly guy? <laughs> He's probably got he's probably got a good heart. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> look at verse 26. When he pulled his head, for it was at every year's end that he pulled it. You know what that means? He his hair grew so much he had to cut it. And it was like a sheep, you know, you gotta shear the sheep. The guy had long hair. It was just busting out of his head. Because the hair was heavy on him. This, this guy had so much hair. He had to keep cutting it. 
this is kind of weird, isn't it? I mean, I've never known anybody that grew hair so much you had to cut it every year. By the way, why'd you wait every year? Why don't you just keep cutting it? But it was really thick and heavy. Now, therefore, in verse 26, he pulled it. He weighed the hair of his head at 200 shekels after the king's weight. I don't know. I just, I, I, I don't know why he did that. Uh, I don't know if he sold it or what. Absalom was a hippie. That's what it was. Anyway, look at verse 27. And unto Absalom there were born three sons and one daughter whose name was Tamar. Isn't that amazing that he, he named his daughter after his sister? She was a woman of fair countenance. So Absalom dwelt two full years in Jerusalem and saw not the king's face. So that's, he, he, he had really long hair and that's a sign of rebellion in the Bible. Now let's go to chapter 15. I want you to see the rebellion and see the subtlety of his wickedness. And it came to pass after this, verse 1, that Absalom prepared him chariots and horses and 50 men to run before him. And Absalom rose up early and stood beside the way of the gate. And it was so that when any man had a controversy, came to the king for judgment, Absalom called unto him and said, Of what city art thou? And he said, Thy servant is of one of the tribes of Israel. And Absalom said unto him, See, thy matters are good and right, but there's no man deputed of the king to hear thee, which was not true. Absalom said, moreover, Oh, that I were made a judge in the land, that every man which hath any suit or cause might come to me. I would do him justice. And it was so that when any man came nigh to him to do him obeisance, watch what he, he put forth his hand and took him and kissed him. And on this manner did Absalom to all Israel that came to the king for judgment. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. Not all of them, by the way. But you know Joab? was with Absalom. Absalom was a murderer. Joab was a murderer. Now Absalom comes to the gate and he starts working the crowd and getting real close to every prominent man and lifting himself up like he was some big judge or counselor and he promised everybody, oh, I will... You know, he's a good politician, wasn't he? A politician. Uh, some of them, Some of them lie like crazy. And then once they get in the office, they don't do anything what they said they'd do. Case in point right here, Absalom was a liar. Absalom was a murderer. And he had great rebellion. Verse 7 says, It came to pass after 40 years that Absalom said unto the king, I pray thee, let me go down and pay my vow, which I have vowed unto the Lord in Hebron. For thy servant vowed a vow while I abode at Jeshur in Syria, saying, If the Lord shall bring me again indeed to Jerusalem, then I will serve the Lord. And the king said unto him, Go in peace. So he arose and went to Hebron. But Absalom sent spies throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, As soon as you hear the sound of the trumpet, then shall you say, Absalom reigneth in Hebron. You know what he was doing? 
He was setting himself up to be a king. And he was, he was lying to his dad. And he was lying to all the men of Israel. And he was trying to set himself up. This is a classic case of an evil, wicked man trying to promote himself and grab. It was satanic. You know, the devil himself said, I will be like the Most High. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will be like the Most High. And, uh, you know, that's what Satan wants to be. Satan wants to be God. Satan wants to be the king of the world. And, and that influence, that satanic influence, is in, in, at work in our lives today and uh, in many of the leaders. You've got to be careful so he told everybody, as soon as you hear the trumpets, start shouting that Absalom reigneth in Hebron. Verse 11 says, And with Absalom went 200 men out of Jerusalem that were called, and they went in their simplicity, and they knew not anything. And Absalom sent for Ahithophel, the Gilanite, David's counselor from his city, even from Gilo, while he offered sacrifices and the conspiracy was strong. For the people increased continually with Absalom. Isn't that amazing how Absalom worked the crowd and got involved and started making promises? And boy, you know, we've, we've, had, we've had some of that in, in our churches in America. A good, solid churches have been split by people like that. And, you know, you've got to be careful. Uh, if, I think the key here is just to have a heart after God's own heart. In the Bible, all the time, watching and praying and trying our best to stay humble and to stay faithful. That's what it's all about as a Christian. Boy, Absalom, what a heartbreak. Yeah, later on, he dies. In fact, he died because he had long hair. Uh, we're going to look at that later. You know, you know how he got hung up. <laughs> oh, he should have got a haircut. All right. Anyway, we're going to stop right here. We're going to break until 11 o'clock. And I've got some exciting news for you at 11. And I hope you'll be back with us. Don't forget, there's lessons to be learned. Uh, let's trust the Lord for a great day. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you now for this time that we've been able to go through the Bible and learn all that you have for us. And God, we pray that you'll help us in the main service today and tonight. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.